Hey, our standing verse of scripture, if you don't mind standing, please, is Psalms 92 verses 12 through 15. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible, and we just believe it's reverent uh, as far as uh, honoring the Lord's word. Now, this is out of the Amplified Bible, so let's all read it out loud together. Let's say, the uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like the palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They will grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, incorruptible. Planted in the house of the Lord, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. Growing in grace, they shall still bear forth fruit in old age. They shall be full of sap, spiritual vitality, rich in the verdure of trust, love, and contentment. They are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is our rock, and there's no unrighteousness in him. Thank you. You can be seated. I appreciate you doing that. Living long and living strong is, is, a, is, is a decision, I believe. Now, this is my personal observation. I believe it's a matter of thinking. I believe that when you think correctly about being a senior adult and as you grow older, and by the way, we're all growing older. Everyone grows older. It's not something you can not do, but everyone grows older. I think the key to it is how you think re and how you respond and react. Let's look at Romans 12, 1 through 2 through the living, New Living Translation. I like the New Living's translation. Listen to this. And it says, so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Now notice that's an important thing, to give your body to the Lord. This is something you, we all need to practice daily. It says, watch this, because of all he has done for you, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ, let, let them, talking about your body, be a living and holy sacrifice. You ever thought about your body as that? Seriously, it is. As unto the Lord. And notice what it says. The kind he will find acceptable. This is the true way to worship him. I think that's interesting. Verse number two, though. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world. Now, the world, of course, tells us, and that's been one of the points of this series, is the world will tell you, you know, that the older you get, the worse you get. The older you get, more things are going to, bad are going to happen to you. And I just don't believe that's true biblically. I mean, I've shared with you the last couple of weeks, and I'm going to share some verses of scripture. I just don't see that is God's plan. And I know some of you'd make fun of my little statement, the older you get, the better you get. But I really believe that. I mean, I believe that based on scripture. And, uh, and, I, and I think it comes down to this. Now, this is just my opinion and observation. Don't copy the behavior and customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person. How? Watch this. By the changing of the way you think. Now, here's the thing that I grew up, maybe you did too, and we're going to finish the rest of this verse in just a second. Maybe you grew up and you heard this, especially with the senior adults as I was around in my younger years. But once the older they get, the more they get locked into certain kind of ways of thinking. Well, you know, the beautiful thing about God is he can change your thinking at whatever age. And when your thinking is improving, guess what? You're improving. And I believe that affects your physical body. I really do. Now, please, I I'm not a doctor, not a psychologist. I'm just simply a senior pastor in an observation mode. But I really believe by the words of the Lord that he will take you into a new person regardless of your age by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. 
I think it all comes down to the mind, in my opinion. And so I want to take you on a little journey for a couple of minutes. And I want to give credit to Joel Osteen. He has a brand new book coming out, and it's simply called uh, 15 Ways to Live Longer and Healthier. And um, it's really interesting. Um, Joel has, has written several, many bo- several books, but this one's a different type of book compared to the others that he's written. And, uh, I, I th- and again, please, I don't know this personally, but I just am speculating that this past week was his, was his mom's 90th birthday, and I, I went and watched that and uh, how he honored his mom. And he, he does honor his, of course, his dad and his mom. His dad's gone on to be with the Lord, John Osteen, but he honors his mother. And she just turned 90 this past week. And I couldn't help but think, because of her longevity, her strength, her her what she means to Lakewood Church, what she means to, to the body of Christ, um, I couldn't help but think that he did this in honor of her. And um, again, I think that some of these principles I'm going to share with you, I've a, I, took the, I took the book and I modified it and made a hybrid of things. And then I took some other resources and put them all together and made my own little 15 ways to living, living stronger, living stronger, which means living longer. So you want to go on a journey with me for just a minute? <laughs> okay. Number one. Now, number one, I think this is a neat one. Have a healthy soul. What's that mean, Pastor Brian? Well, your inner life is more important than your outer life. And that's just the opposite of the world, isn't it? They think that the outer life is more important. But actually, in the kingdom of God, based on Romans 12, 1 through 2, what's more important? The inside of you, right? And don't get me wrong. God says your outside is important. And he wants you to have your body dedicated to him. But your inner life, having a healthy soul, is very important. And I want, I want to encourage you with something. Many times Satan will do everything he can to wear you down physically. This is just my observation because he wants to wear you down internally. And you have to watch for that. And God wants to do just the opposite. He wants to help your soul be healthy. As a matter of fact, it says very clearly in Proverbs 32, this is not in my notes, but it says that, you know, he, he wants us to have a healthy soul and body, that we would be prosperous in every area, including our soul, our mind, our will, and our emotions. Number two, number two, listen to this. Again, stay positive towards yourself. Nobody should think better of you than you. How about that? <laughs> Sometimes you need to look at yourself in the mirror because you have all these things beating down at you. And you know what? You need to look at the mirror and say, you know what? God loved me. God created me. God called me. And I'm here for a purpose. I know I've got a lot of areas to work on. I know I've got a lot of improvement I've got to you know, do in my life. But I'm on a journey. And with God's help, with his power, I'm going to be able to make my life what it should be. Isn't that awesome when you approach it the way? Being positive towards yourself. And uh, you say, Pastor Brian, is this mind over matter? No, it's not mind over matter. It's just thinking God's thoughts towards you, okay? Number three, this is a good one too. Choose to be happy. <laughs> Sometimes we need to laugh. I tell you what, I am guilty of this. Listen, I confess my sins before you. I am too serious about life sometimes. I mean, I take the most serious things. I mean, I take the most practical, I mean, how do I say this? I take the most normal things and I get too serious about it and uh, got to learn to laugh. Listen, I, 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 I'm, I'm chief among many of learning, of needing more laughter in my life. So that's the reason why I surround myself with Don Anderson. He always has a joke in his back pocket.
parking. <laughs> it may be corny, and you may have heard it 50 times, but you know what? The man has a heart of sincerity, and he wants to make you laugh, and he wants you to be happy with the day and think about all the other stuff and make it go away. So <laughs> he's a treasure to have in your life. So anyway, number four, here's a good one. Let go of control. We all raise our hand about that, can we not? Let go of control. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? That simply means hold tightly to your dreams, but hold on loosely to how God's going to do it. You just, you know, sometimes we need to take away the I can do it factor and let the God factor come into your life. Maybe, maybe you want a new car. Maybe you really want to have a new car. Maybe that's something in your heart. And God's will is for you to have a, 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 a form of transportation that's dependable and reliable. But maybe you need to allow him to take you on a journey of how to do that. Instead of forcing something to happen, to, to let him do things and orchestrate things in your life. Maybe it's not just a car situation. Maybe it's a job situation. It could be a hundred different things. But sometimes we're trying to control the situation and make it happen but yet let God step back and do something. I'm telling you what, our Father God wants to paint the picture of your life, and if you'll take the brush out of your hand and let him do the painting, I promise you he'll do a really good job. And I, I just want to encourage you in that area because sometimes we, we try to absolutely control every situation. I chief among many, and I just want you to know, I think God does a better job at doing your life than you. That's pretty good preaching this morning, Pastor Brian. <laughs> I'm preaching to myself. Number five, number five. And by the way, if you want a copy of this, uh, my outline or his book, please see me afterwards or contact me, and I'll be glad to get Number five, this is a good one. Unclutter your mind. <laughs> I like this. Simplify your life. You know, simplicity is very important. I love what Albert Einstein said. He said, in the middle of, of complexity, search for simplicity. And I think that's so true. Let's look at Philippians 4, 8 through 9 in the New Living Translation. Look what it says here as far as simplification. I like this. This is the Apostle Paul's words. He says, and now, dear brothers and sisters, one thing. Everybody say one thing. One thing, finally, one, one thing, excuse me, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, and of love, and admirable. Look what it says. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Notice what that says. Think about these things. You say, well, Pastor Brian, I'm trying to think about these things, but my mind is going 90 miles an hour about all these other things. And I understand that. I understand that. But look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Keep putting into practice all you've learned and received from me. Everything you heard from me and saw me doing, then the God of peace will be with you. Now, I know that's the Apostle Paul's word, but notice that key phrase up there at the top. It says, keep putting into practice all you've learned and received, not necessarily from the Apostle Paul, but from the Lord. Sometimes, you know, getting up in the morning and quoting some scriptures over your life or reading the Bible out loud or saying, you know what, I know I've got this to-do list of a hundred different items and I've got all these demands, but you know what, I'm just going to take this 15 minutes here and I'm going to spend it with the Lord. I'm just going to make him the foundation of my day. I know I've got all this and my phone's doing this and my emails and this, that, and the other. And I got to be at this place at a certain time. But you know what? I'm just going to simplify my life and I'm just going to invite his presence because he is so smarter than I am. And I don't want my mind cluttered. I want my mind simplified and I'm just going to give it to him. 
I, I like what I wrote here. I have to pat myself on the back because this is from the Lord, not from me. It says, and this is not from Joel Osteen. You will never give life to the destiny that you're called to if your mind is always a noisy place. <laughs> what do you mean by noisy place? I mean, it's just going 90 miles an hour. I mean, you know, we all think, we all get up in the morning. What's the first thing you do? I, this is my practice, and please, this is just not trained to be super spiritual. But I don't reach for my phone first. I don't do anything. First thing, I get out of bed, and I put my hands to heaven. And I just want to thank God that this is the day that he has made. And I'm going to rejoice, rejoice in it. And I'm going to be glad in it in spite of all that I got to do today. Because he is the center of my life. You know, I just celebrated my 40 years of knowing the Lord. When I came to the Lord, and maybe my, your salvation wasn't like mine, but my mind was so cluttered and so full of just absolute warfare that the war stopped on October the 16th, 1983. And I must never forget that. Because I was not only transformed in spiritually, but I was transformed mentally. I had such an oppressive mindset at that time of, of just oppressiveness and to be free from that. And I want to continue to always stay free in the beauty of what Jesus Christ can do. No one can ever talk me out of salvation because not only did he save me to go to heaven, but he saved me from the greatest thing that I could be saved from. That's me. He saved me from me because me was taking me in the wrong direction. And I was on a pathway of absolute destruction. No, naturally, everything seemed to be okay. But let me tell you something. When you get that mind fixed on him and fixed on his purposes and plans, there's such a peace that's far greater than all the things of life. Hey, the next one is this. Number six, deal with difficult people. Hello. <laughs> you, can't, you can't, listen to this, you can't control how people treat you, but you can control how you respond. And I learned that a long time ago when I, you know, was working in other job situations. I had difficult situations as far as people I was working with. And I learned, you know what, it's not about what they're doing to me. It's how I respond and react. And if I'm just going to trust the Lord and give it to him, he can handle that person and he can deal with difficult people. You know, my job is not to, you know, show them that they're wrong and I'm right. My job is to give them to the Lord and let him deal with them. That's the way I approach those kind of situations. Number seven, here's a good one. Live in the present. People will lose what they have going after what they wanted. Mm, that's a good statement. You got to live in the now. There's nothing you can do about yesterday's. They are gone. And it says in the next point, number eight, it says, let go of your past. Let's look at Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians 3, verses 13 and 14. This is a New Living Translation. I like the New Living Translation. I think it's a great translation. I'd encourage you to get a copy of it. I, I really enjoy reading it. I'm going back for Psalms and Proverbs and all the other, the New Testament specifically, and reading using the New Living Translation, and it's been good. It just brings a, a freshness, you know, to the Word of God. And uh, but by the way, I mean, I still use the New King James. I like the I use the I, I don't have the same Bible I have. I get a different one because I I wear them out. But at the same time, I like the New King James. But I like the rhythm of this version. Look at what it says. It says, "No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing." Everybody say one thing. 
Here's that one thing again. Notice what the Apostle Paul's been saying to us today. He keeps talking about one thing, not 20 things, not you know, 50 things, one thing. As a matter of fact, Jesus did the same thing. Do you notice that? He'd go around saying, this one thing I need for you to do, or this one thing you need to do. I think Jesus and the apostle Paul had a message to us, and that is what? Simplicity. (laughs) But I focus on this one thing, forgetting. Everybody say forgetting. Forgetting the past. What does that mean, Pastor Brian? Well, that means, you know what? There's nothing you can do about the past other than give it to the Lord, right? I mean, there's good times that you remember, but what about those painful things? Look what it says here. It says, forgetting the past, looking forward to what lies ahead. Verse number 14, I press on. Everybody say, I press on. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. I like to say it like this many years ago. There was a phrase that was dropped in my heart, and it's it's just a powerful phrase, and it talks about forgiving, forgetting, and focusing forward. Forgetting those things which are behind and and releasing them and focusing forward. And also the word in there is forgiving. And guess sometimes what you have to do? You have to forgive yourself. Do we not? Sometimes you just have to say, you know what? I missed it. I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done that. And I think one of the keys to living strong and living long is learning to forgive yourself and forgive others. You say, Pastor Brian, they don't, you just don't know what they did to me. Listen, sometimes we have to bury those emotions. They'll never die until you bury them. I knew of this man one time, and I thought it was funny. I was in Peoria, Illinois at this church, and we're in a men's camp, and I don't know why this is just coming to me, but it is. Maybe it's the Holy Spirit just trying to bring this to remembrance. But I'll never forget, he wrote this wrong list of all the hurts, and and, and he showed them to me briefly, and I said, okay. And then he wanted me to go out there, and he had a shovel, and we went about 50 yards away from the camp on the side of this mountain, and he dug this big old hole, well, I mean, excuse me, big old hole, I mean, it was talk maybe two feet deep, you know, and he took this piece of paper, and he put it in a plastic bag, and he said, Brian, he said, these are all my hurts, and I'm going to bury them right here, and I'm never going to talk about them again, and I thought that was an interesting thing, and he said, because I want freedom in that, and uh, he went and buried those, and... Um, I just thought that was a neat thing. I've never seen anybody do that before. And he said, I'm before God and before you and before God in this shovel right here as he's patting the dirt down. I'm never going to talk about those things. I'm never going to think about those things. And if they do, I'm going to cast them down and cast away. I'm a new man standing on the side of this mountain. I just thought that was neat. Anyway, maybe that's for the Lord. Maybe you need to go out today and bury some past hurts. I don't know. You can come over here to the property and dig a hole if you want to. <laughs> okay. Just make sure that you put all the dirt back. But no, seriously, sometimes we have to do something like that. Sometimes we have to let it go. And then the words of that man was, it was the symbolic thing of what he was doing to let it go. And as Paul Harvey says, can I tell you the rest of that story about that man? He called me last week and he works, he just retired from, um, the, the tractor place up there, John Deere in the Peoria, Illinois. We've all heard of John Deere. He worked for them many, 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 many years. And he's now in retirement, but he's serving another church. He's serving this church as the evangelism director part-time. And he's about my age, but he started at John Deere at an early age and he retired He's got another part-time job, but he's at the church. And I want you to know, he is one of the healthiest, happiest people I've ever seen in my life as far as a person who's in retirement, a person who's serving the Lord, who, who did what he did, 
at that time, and uh, I'll just go ahead and tell you his name. His name's Gary, and uh, it just blessed me what Gary did that day, and I just want to bring it up to you. When I, when I wrote that phrase, you know, about, it says, when you don't bury your negative emotions, I thought about Gary, and I thought about his call this week, and I even received a text of what he did as far as his own route, outreach. I'm telling you what, that changed his life that moment in time. And maybe that's something you need to do. The next one, number nine, your identity is in the Lord, not yourself. Isn't that important? Our identity is in the Lord, not in ourselves. Listen to me on this one. Rest in who God made you to be. Please stop comparing yourself to others. Don't compare yourself to others. Just don't do it. You are who you are. You are so special to God. He designed you so uniquely. And if you compare yourself to others, oh my gosh, you're losing out on being the person you were made to be. That's my opinion. Anyway, the next one is simply this. Number 10, don't depend on people. What does that mean? I thought about this and I understand where the author is coming from on this one. This is, this is something that he wrote that I, I like. He says, your value comes from the Lord, not from another person. And sometimes people look for other people to affirm them. And you know what? That's important. We all need that kind of affirmation. But sometimes, let me tell you something, your dependency on God being the center of your life, he can do more in seconds than you can do in years. And he is a faithful friend. He is not only a faithful friend, he He's a person you can depend upon. God is good. He is so good. He is so loving and so kind. You say, Pastor Brian, I'm not feeling the love of God. Listen, just give him some time as you just surrender your entire life and relationship to him. I promise you he's faithful. Number, number 11, listen to this one. Be comfortable not knowing everything. <laughs> this is a good one. This is a very good one. This is worth you coming today. I, I tell you what, this has set me free. I got to give Mr. Joel Osteen a lot of credit on this one, especially his, his mother, Dodio. Uh, she's probably lived this principle more than anybody, especially and how that transition happened concerning their church. I love this. Don't, don't be, be comfortable not knowing anything. Don't let what you don't know keep you from trusting God. I mean, it's a, it's a walk of faith. How many of you said, God, if you would just show me the pathway, if you would outline all my steps and just show me where we would go, then there's no faith in that, is there not? I mean, listen, I have tried to do that, okay? I am all ahead of you. Uh, the, one month after I was born again, this is what I did, and I don't recommend this to anybody, but I took a piece of paper out, and I said, God, here's a pencil so that I can, you know, mark through it, erase it. And then I put a pen by it, I said, whatever. I said, I'm going to go to sleep tonight and I want you to just write down the pathway you want me to go. Please show me what to do and I'll do it. I surrender all to you and, and I give my life to you. So please, I said, and I won't peek during the night. You can come visit my room with all your glory and light. And I promise you, I won't look. Okay. I'm just going to go to sleep. And so I went to sleep and I really slept. It's, 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 I slept with my eyes closed all night long. And then I got up around six 30 and I jumped out of bed like it was Christmas time. And I ran over my little desk and the pen had moved and neither had the pencil. I said, but God, you're supposed to tell me what to do. If you just tell me what to do, I will do it. I was pleading with him. I sat down and I was just sort of, I was so discouraged. I said, I'm 19 years old and I want to follow you with all my heart. And I don't know what to do. 
And I opened up the Bible and just, you know, have you ever done this? You've probably never done this, but I did. I opened it up and just did that. And it was Hebrews 11.1. 1. And it says, by, let me just read it to you. I'll just, I, this is what I did literally out of my desperation. And I just, just, I just did one of those deals. I mean, I was young and dumb, but anyway, my heart was sincere. And I opened it up to Hebrews 11. I'll never forget it. Even I know this verse. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And I heard way down on inside of me, you need to walk this by faith, not by me writing it out for you. <laughs> and guess what? I've been trying to do that ever since and will. Hey, the next one is this. This is an important one. This is a really important win the war within. Don't let certain things keep holding you back. Those things that keep knocking at you to die to destroy you. Listen, don't, don't, don't let that battle turn into something that's a defeat. You can win the war within. By number 13, taming the tongue. Taming the tongue. Words can leave scars and destroy people emotionally, but you learn to tame the tongue. I'll never forget my mother-in-law, Miss Blanca, many years ago. I never heard the phrase tame the tongue. I think I'd heard it from Pastor Nichols, but I was having dinner with her one night. And she was fixing those enchilada things that she used to fix that were so awesome. Anyway, whatever that was. Anyway, it was this process where she had to do all this stuff. And I just, I just, I didn't eat. I actually didn't eat. The, I couldn't eat it because of the bread product, but I loved watching the process and I loved to see everybody happy. Uh, I ate the eggs and stuff like that. But anyway, she, I'll never forget this. She said, you've got to tame your tongue. Pastor Brian, never forget taming your tongue. And uh, <laughs> that's always stuck with me. You got to tame your tongue because words are powerful. And words can be a blessing, as it says in James, or they can be a curse. A curse. And we want them to be a blessing and not a curse. Number 14, live with a divine purpose. There is a divine reason for every single person. And if you've never read the book by Rick Warren, I just want to encourage you, The Purpose Driven Life. It is worthy to be read about finding your purpose. And then finally, number 15, be good to yourself. Learn how to say yes and learn how to say no. 